You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual Here's the funny thing about doing a weekly podcast. You put off recording it for a while that week because you're busy and you've got shit to do. And then it, the last minute comes, the, min- the moment you have to drop everything and record the podcast or you won't get it up on time. And you come down with the flu or some horrible cold or something, which is exactly what's happened to me this week. I have some horrible cold and I have a cranium packed full of Theraflu, which is shoving out relevant uh, – facts and data and probably also is going to make it impossible for me to give anyone anything remotely resembling competent sex and relationship advice. But I must do the podcast because you must download it. Uh, and I feel a certain sense of obligation to you, the listener, and to the tech-savvy at-risk youth who showed up today and are locked in a small, airless, uh, soundproof room with me and uh, will have my cold by the time we all get out of here. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for details. Hey, Dan. Um, my name is Liz. I'm a 20-year-old, 21-year-old um, straight female. Um, and I have a question regarding uh, drunken hookups. I... Um, I'm in university now um, and in high school. I had a lot of fun times um, and uh, drank my fair share and smoked my fair share. Long story short, I've had seven sexual partners, all protected. Um, but I'm finding in my third year of university that I am running a dry spell. And um, I'm finding it really hard to, like, just go about getting casual sex in the ways that I used to because I don't drink as much and I don't really want to start drinking again. Um, but I also don't really want to start any kind of a relationship right now. Um, and I really don't like the idea of Craigslist. <laughs> it just seems really sketchy to me. So you want to have NSA sex, that's no strings attached sex, but you don't want to do the hard work, pardon me, the hard drinking, that that requires and you are sort of skeezed out by Craigslist uh, and presumably other NSA hookup websites. So what should you do? I think you should listen to your heart, which is kind of telling me, even though it's not getting through to you, that you don't really want to be uh, having a lot of casual sex right now, perhaps, because... You know, you don't want to find it the way you used to find it by going out and getting hammered. You always had the option, of course, of going out in places where other people are getting hammered and not getting hammered yourself and picking up and taking advantage of um, all the pretty drunk boys who are out there. Uh, and you don't want to go online. So maybe what you really don't want right now is much sex at all. Maybe, you know, a person shouldn't have to be drunk or hooking up online to get laid. But, you know, if the routes that are generally open to you uh, – aren't appealing at the moment, and if there's no one at your university who's catching your eye, uh, maybe you should just enjoy this dry spell, masturbate as much as you care to, and uh, jump back into the game with both feet when you're ready. Uh, It doesn't sound like you're ready right now, frankly. So you're problematizing something. You know, you sound like one of those happy sort of sex-positive girlies, and I'm all for them, and I've helped create, you know, my fair share of them through the column and the podcast. 
who, when they have a dry spell or they check out or they're, they're having sort of a, a lull in their sex life, regard that as always having to be a problem. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's what's right for you right now and you should just re-fucking-lax. Hi, Dan. My name's Colleen. I'm calling because I have a really close friend who I think is in an abusive relationship. And I know that you can't just run around saying to your friend, like, I think you're in an abusive relationship. I think you're in an abusive relationship because that can push them away and you don't want to do that because you want to still be able to be there for them um, when they need you, should they hopefully choose to get out of the relationship. So I guess my question is, what do I do as a good friend to this person? Um, I don't want to push her away. I want her to know that I'm there for her, but I don't want to be, like, overbearing. And um, I guess I'm just not sure what the appropriate balance of caring and not pushy. Tried to call you back, couldn't get a hold of you. Uh, Had a follow-up question, like, what evidence is there that this is an abusive relationship that might have been relevant and helpful? crafting the advice but just generally you know what do you do as a good friend in a situation like this what you do as a good friend in any situation you speak your fucking mind and if your friendship predates this relationship you have to regard your bond with this woman as um your first obligation your first priority your first responsibility uh, so if you think she's in an abusive relationship, you say so. You point it out. Uh, you do it firmly and you do it politely. Uh, you don't want to you know, make her cling to him because she feels she must to prove that you're wrong or you know, put her in a position where she's going to be entirely defensive. But then you need to like set some time bombs in her mind and say, I'll be there for you when you decide – when you see that this is abusive and you're ready to get out of it. I want to be there for you. I want to help you. But then you got to pay the price sometimes. When you're a good friend, you speak your mind, particularly when a friend is doing something stupid and self-destructive, whether it's you know abusing drugs, not using, abusing, abusing drugs, uh, or abusing themselves, or staying in an abusive relationship. You got to be willing to let the friendship, to put the friendship on the line, to say what you're doing is self-destructive. It's hard for me to watch. I don't approve. You need to get out. And then if your friend can't be around you for a while because they want to choose the drugs or the stupidity or the asshole over your friendship, you got to let them go do that. So you got to risk something. You might lose something, uh, at least in the short term. And then when your friend wakes up and decides she's ready to get out, the little time bomb you put in her mind, which was, I will be there for you when you're ready to leave this guy and I will support you when you're ready to leave this guy. She'll recall that and she will get on the phone and she will come back to you uh, and apologize <laughs> and take advantage of the love and assistance you offered her way back when uh, that she rejected and felt she had to set aside because she wanted to invest more time and effort and energy in this person who was bad for her. Hey, Dan, my name is Robert. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm married. I'm 32. I consider myself bisexual. Um, I am in a polyamorous relationship with my wife, and uh, we have a, a girlfriend who is lives in. Uh, it's uh, it's great. It's wonderful. Uh, we we have very little jealousy. Very very few problems. Um, but the problem comes when we go to family gatherings. 
my brother, who's in the Army, is coming, uh, coming to town for Thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to have all three of us there. Um, and my mother has met our girlfriend, and, and while she doesn't know um, who she is to us, uh, it, it kind of sucks to not be able to say, this is my girlfriend, I love her very much, Jennifer loves her very much, we love her. Um, is, is there any easy way to tell your parents about stuff like this? Um, I appreciate any help that you can give me, and uh, thanks a lot. Uh, so how did Thanksgiving go? Thanksgiving was good, I guess. How did you introduce the girlfriend to the fam? Uh, well, I introduced her to my brother straight up, uh, that uh, she was our girlfriend and, and that, but I just couldn't bring myself to introduce her to my mom. Mm-hmm. At all? I, well, no. I mean, she's she's met she's met my mom before. Uh, my girlfriend has met my mom before, but uh, never formally, I guess, as to who she is in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, and I just couldn't bring myself. I had this terrible knot in my stomach the whole time. So, what are you afraid of? Mom's gonna have a coronary. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, she's she's <clears throat> she's more liberal than I ever expected her to be in her old age. You know, but uh, I guess it's just fear. Simple, simple fear. Okay, so uh, the two things you brought up to call. First of all, what were Republicans doing on election night this year besides weeping? Um, don't assume that. Uh, there are no polyamorous or swinging Republicans out there. I've been to swingers conventions and met shitloads of uh, Christian conservative swingers. Um, So uh, it's not just liberal Dems that have four ways, Uh, even though I think four ways should be illegal for conservatives to to engage in because they shouldn't have uh, rewarding or interesting sex lives because they want to police everyone else's. Anyway. Exactly. Is there an easy way to come out about being polyamorous, to, to come out to your family without scandalizing them, to come out without potentially having a lot of explaining to do, without upsetting people? No, there is no easy way to do that. There is no way to slip it into conversation without uh, risking a big explosion. Right. So either you don't come out to them, or you do. You rip the bandit off, or you don't. You know, I, I sometimes think that parents have a right not to know certain shit, right? Right. <laughs> I wrote about the fact that my boyfriend and I aren't strictly monogamous, and my mother came to our 10th anniversary party and kind of looked around and raised an eyebrow at one point and asked me sort of vaguely, so were, are any of these guys that you've... And I looked at her and said, you know, we don't really want to talk about that, do we? <laughs> no. She said, no, 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 we really don't. So, I mean, you can tell your mom that you have an open relationship. You can explain to her, you know, if you feel you owe it, to your girlfriend because she occupies a formal role in your life and you want her to have certain status with your family, she's not just a roommate, then you have to pay the price. Then you have to, you know, risk upsetting everyone uh, to honor your girlfriend's role in yours and your wife's lives. But there's no risk-free way to do it. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the problem I'm in now. You know, my brother was, he was, he was, he was kind of shocked at first, <laughs> jealous maybe. Yeah, uh, he, he's young. My younger brother, he's in the military, so you know, I figured he was, you know, he's been around things of that nature in the past. Uh, so he was, he was pretty open to it, and uh, you know, uh, what I was, about the, I was what about the military exposes people to things of that nature? Is today's well, army is different than any army I've ever heard of? <laughs> yeah, it, well, he, open is in you know 
the guys always talking about their experiences uh-huh. and stuff like that. So, you know, he's told me stories of his conquests and experiences in various ports around the around the world. So, you know, I, I figured that he would be a lot easier to talk to than than uh, say my mom or my stepdad. You know, uh, but uh, I even got my mom alone at one point and was about to say it, and it just. Uh, you're making it too, you're making it, it really fraught. Like all you need yeah. to do is so angsty. Say to your mom, you know, the wife and I have an open relationship, and the woman who's living with us right now, we kind of are having an affair with, and she's my girlfriend and my wife's girlfriend too, and it's all good, and we're happy, and I just feel like we're hiding something relevant from you, and we don't need to be. So there you go, right. mom. And if she flips, she flips, and she'll get over it. Right. Well, there is one one other piece of good news that came out of the weekend after Thanksgiving. What's that? Uh, for a long time, we, uh, my my girlfriend and I, have talked about forming more of a not official. You can't obviously I can't obviously marry a second woman. Not until I can marry one man. You can exactly. I agree with you 110 percent. Uh, but uh, we've decided to do a hand fasting with the three of us. So it's going to be a a more of a of a spiritual formation of our relationship. So. Uh, and that actually happened over the weekend. So we're we're very happy about it. And we're I, as soon as you're able to marry your boyfriend, we'll start working on me being able to marry my girlfriend as well as. I, I don't even like think that. people should be able to make turducken until I can get married. I don't think you should be able to shove <laughs> a chicken and a duck and a turkey. That's just not right. That's not natural. Not at all. I can marry a dude. No no turducken on Thanksgiving either, and no no uh, polyamorous marriages. No exactly. marrying dogs. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. I appreciate your call, man. I really appreciate your show. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice. When you sign up today, you can also get gift certificates for your friends and relatives at audiblepodcast.com because Christmas is coming up and so is Hanukkah. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. This is Sean from a large Midwestern university that you may or may not have attended. Uh, My story is kind of disturbing. Uh, About a year ago, some friends and I were walking from the bar to a party and uh, along the road, we saw kind of a girl that's clearly messed up. Um, she was falling over and that kind of stuff. So we went and talked to her, asked her where she was going, and she was walking clearly in the wrong direction. So we said, you know, you can follow our group, and we'll point you in the right direction when you get to, you know, that street. Um, so we did that. You know, she kind of, kind of messed up falling on herself, like I said, and we got into our party. She kind of followed us into the party. You know, a couple hours pass. Uh, we leave and realize one of our friends isn't with us. And by the time we get back up into the party to find our friend, uh, you know, a huge fight had erupted. The host had busted out knives, and they were banging on the door. And uh, we realized that my friend, who was not with us, had locked himself in the host's bedroom and was fucking this girl that we had, you know, brought along with us. So uh, I guess my question is, number one, how do I feel about my friend uh, being asked he essentially, you know, assaulted this girl who was... Uh, unconscious. Um, the second question would be, I feel a certain degree of guilt that I'm the person that brought this girl to the party. 
and then this uh, kind of sexual assault occurred. And this has been over a year, and our friends and I had agreed that maybe we shouldn't talk about this since then. Uh, but I felt like this would be a good place to talk about it. Uh, where are you? Just so people know, so no, they know why it's noisy. Uh, New York City. And you're outside. That's right. Okay, so uh, please, people don't call us to tell us that the sound quality on this one was terrible. We know. All right, so your friend who was having sex with this drunk girl, when they broke yeah. in the door, was the girl he was having sex with unconscious? I, that's a question I can't answer. I wasn't, I, like I said, when I came back in, all this mayhem was going on. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the girl was conscious at the, at the moment of, like, the mayhem, but... Yeah, I, I, I didn't ever ask the pertinent questions about, you know, her state of being. Like I said, we kind of just agreed to let it be. Okay, so, you know, you asked how you how you, how I would feel about a friend who'd done something similar. Yeah. Um, I, I would feel that I had lost a friend that day. I, I, okay. I, I have sort of a, you know, a no-tolerance policy for friendships with rapists. So you would use that word? Well, depending on whether the girl was literally unconscious uh, at the moment that they were having sex, which is something you might want to ask him about and ask yeah. her about, and there's got to be a reason everybody else at that party was breaking down the fucking door. Yeah. It certainly was ungentlemanly, even if she was conscious, if she was that fucked up. And, you know, people have taken advantage of people who have been fucked up, you know, frequently over the years. It's one of the reasons... That's people, the way the world works, yeah. yeah. it's one of the reasons people get fucked up sometimes is to be taken advantage of. However, however, it sounds like you're, if a year later you're calling me about this, you're uncomfortable with whatever transpired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely, I'd say I'm definitely uncomfortable. I mean, how do I feel about this friend when, I, I mean, should I bring this up, this incident that's a year old? And then again, I feel kind of a certain degree of guilt myself for even inviting her along. Well, clearly, you should feel a little guilty about it. Uh, and that's yeah. the sort of guilt that you can either just sit there and feel bad about, or you transform it into something positive, which is a decision on your part not to put another woman in that situation ever again. That when you meet a drunk woman who's incapacitated on the street, your first course of action is not drag her along to another party. Right. Yeah. Well, I, like, like I said, that wasn't the original goal. She just kind of tagged along. Right. She tagged along, but she needed to not be around drunk, horny males at a party, right? So you, you, were, you were partly responsible for, for the situation that happened. You're partly responsible for what unfolded. So now you always want to feel a little bit bad about it, so you don't bear that kind of responsibility in the future if similar circumstances should present themselves. Okay. And how, I would feel, okay. how you should feel about this, friend, is this. Would you want your drunk sister in the same at the same party with him? Exactly. Somebody should have done something differently. Right. Someone should have done things differently. With, but he obviously is not to be trusted. He obviously did something terribly, terribly wrong. And mm -hmm. he, if he can't say, I did something terribly, terribly wrong, and I feel terrible about it, and I'm, you know, I learned a lesson too, and I'm not going to ever do that again, and I was drunk, and I was incapacitated. If he can't admit, at least admit that he was a fucking asshole and did something yeah. despicable and that's the first step towards resolving not to do something like that again then you should have nothing to do with him yeah, so in the friendship kind of deal yeah in the friendship kind of deal that really should be a deal breaker uh, yeah. because you know there'd be fewer sexual assaults if men stood up to other men about their behavior yeah 
You need to have a zero okay. tolerance policy for pals who are rapists. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I kind of just needed someone to say that, you know. And it's, it's kind of an obvious decision to make, but ending a long friendship over, I mean, something that happens so quickly, you know, it's, it's rough. It's hard to do. It is hard to do. But it's the right thing to do, and you ought to do it. If not for yourself, then for your female friends and relatives. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Dan. Sure thing. Hi, Dan. I'm a 29 straight male with a foot fetish. Um, I've been dating a woman for about four years, and we have a child together. And, um, you know, her feet are great. I love sucking on them. Uh, especially during sex, but my biggest issue, and this is a problem I have with everyone I've dated, is that their feet are enough for me. I need more, and I need more, and I just need to suck on as many women's toes as, po- as possible, just in my head all the time. When I see women with flip-flops uh, walking down the street, I go nuts. And uh, my thing is, I just you know, I need I need to I need to I need to go for it. I need to have more. I need. And, uh, how do I tell how do I tell my the person I'm in a relationship with? Number one, and I mean, it's not, I don't want to have sex with anyone else. I just want to do this. I just want to suck on toes. That's all you know. And it's just um, you know, what do I what do I do? I mean. It's, it's not it's not easy to just find some girl and say, Hey, I wanna play your feet, you know. You know, it's it's usually some happens to somebody in a relationship with. It's not something I really, you know, expose to people. And I mean, do I should I find somebody some prostitute? It's like or do I really wanna do that? I'm afraid of feeling guilty. So I just, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to live my life in a relationship with this fetish. I assume you're girlfriend with whom you have a child with whom you've been in a relationship for four years wouldn't be down with you uh doing this with other women uh you don't say that explicitly but let's just run with that because i don't think most women would um you got a foot fetish you like to suck toes Uh, there's a lot of people out there who are in your same boat a lot of people out there with fetishes that have this expansive quality where it's not just they want to collect their girlfriend's panties um, they want, you know, a huge collection of panties worn by different women. Uh, and thank God for the Internet that came along, allows them to purchase them online uh, and not have to slip into people's houses and steal their panties anymore. <laughs> now, what do you do? Uh, sometimes, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. People are going to yell at me. Sometimes you do what you got to do to get by. Sometimes you do what you need to do on the side, recognizing that it, it really poses no physical uh, danger or risk to your primary partner. All you want to do is suck toes. You don't want to have sex. You might, you know, she might not approve, but it doesn't sound like you're going to be able to live contentedly in this relationship if being in this relationship means that you're never going to have any other woman's foot in your mouth, ever. So what do you do? Sometimes... What somebody else doesn't know can't hurt them. And this is one of those times. If all you're going to do is suck toes, there's no sex, you're not bringing home any STIs, you have my blessing to go out and get this elsewhere without informing your partner. Now, in the best of all possible worlds, you could go to her and say, I have this crazy fetish and we both enjoy it and it's really fun. But you know, 
it's not just your toes I want to suck. I really have this burning need to have other women's feet in my mouth. Are you down with that? Are you cool with that? And she'd be like, yeah, that'd be great. Hilarious. Actually, I'll invite all my girlfriends over and you can suck all our toes one night. How fun would that be? That's the best of all possible worlds. That's unlikely, uh, it seems, in a lot of heterosexual relationships uh, to come to pass. Um, So what I would encourage you to do is find an escort or two, find somebody who does – Allows for foot worship. There are actually foot worship fetish parties uh, in some big cities now where guys pay, uh, you know, an admission price and there'll be 20, you know, 10 or 20 girls there who are down with it, uh, who are not there for sex, who allow uh, the men in the room to worship their feet. Go Google it. You'll find it. I think you should slip away and do those things so that you can come home, feel a little guilty, get her a present on the way home, feel a little guilty, suck her toes a little harder, uh, and live contentedly in this relationship for your own sake, for her sake, for the sake of this child that you have together. Otherwise, your desire to do this with others will lead you in desperation to sabotage this relationship because if that's the only way you're ever going to be able to do it with somebody else, that's what you are going to do. So I'm hemming and hawing and drawing this out longer than I need to. The tech heavy at risk youth are giving me the wrap it up signal. Just because I always feel a little uncomfortable when I have to tell people to go ahead and lie and cheat and sneak around behind someone's back. Uh, But in this instance, I think that would be in everyone's best interests. Hi, Dan. I'm just calling in response to uh, your November 18th episode where the guy called about his stinky dick. Um, It definitely is his piercings. Um, Anyone who uh, has earrings and they don't ever change them, I don't know any piercings that you don't change the the jewelry or take it out, clean it, wash it. Uh, we'll find that it will develop a kind of really nasty, sort of cheesy, funky odor. It'll happen um, with earrings. It'll happen with body piercings, a- a- any piercings. Um, I'm not sure if he can take his out regularly and clean them, but that is the only solution, either get rid of the piercings entirely or take them out pretty much daily and, uh, you know, wash the area, wash the piercing off. If not, it, uh, if you just leave the in uh, after a period of months, years, it, it will begin to stink. Sometimes more than others, uh, even if you wash yourself with the piercing still in, the stink will you know come back in a day or two. So, yeah, he needs to either get rid of the piercings or uh, clean them and take them out every day. Okay, thanks, Dan. Bye. Thanks for the input. Uh, I'm left wondering why anyone would get piercings that can develop a nasty, cheesy, funky odor down in the part of their body that can develop a nasty, cheesy, funky odor all by itself without any help from piercings in the first place. But good to know if you've got genital piercings or piercings anywhere else, you need to take that jewelry out, clean it every once in a while, wash, or you're going to develop a nasty, cheesy, funky odor. Mm-mm-mm. Hi, Dan. Um, this is the girl that called a little while ago about my boyfriend asking to pee in my mouth, and I wanted to give you an update. Um, so it's actually really funny because you called when I was at J.C. Penney's shopping for wedding dresses with my mom because um, she's getting wedding and getting wedding, getting married, and I needed a dress. So I answered because I didn't recognize the number, and I'm walking around J.C. Penney with my mom, <laughs> and then in a dressing room trying on dresses. So if I seemed short or unwilling to say, you know, penis at all, that was why. Um, and so that was really funny. And then uh, my boyfriend was there, actually, and I was all excited because Dan Savage had called me. Um, so, of course, that led to, well, why did you call him? And we talked about it. And at first he couldn't really, couldn't really remember what, 
what I was talking about, and then <laughs> he didn't remember because it was a joke, completely and totally a joke. He thought it was the funniest time to say that. And like I pointed out, um, when you're drunk, you're not as funny as you think you are. <laughs> and he replied, maybe I should not be so good at deadpan. So <laughs> I wanted to let you know that turns out it was a big joke, and I'm really glad that uh, I talked to you because it gave me a really good excuse to talk to him and, and a really funny story for cocktail parties. Um, and, yeah, so that's how it worked out. But I'm glad that you answered my question anyways because I'm sure that, you know, somewhere down the line one of my friends will have that problem legitimately and I'll know exactly what to tell them. Yes, maybe somewhere down the line one of your friends will legitimately have the problem of a boyfriend that longs to pee in her mouth. Uh, that presumes, you know, you, you presume that you didn't or don't have that problem. Yeah, your boyfriend says now it was a joke. Now he says that he's really good at that deadpan pee-in-your-mouth request humor that the kids like so much today. After he knew, after he found out that you'd called me about it and that you were freaked out enough about it to run off and seek a little sex advice from America's premier sex advising weirdo, then he tells you it's a joke. All right. You're going to give him that benefit of the doubt. That's up to you. You're there. You can assess the situation and him and his demeanor better than I can from here. I'm not at the JCPenney with you. I'm not in the dressing room with you. Uh, congratulations to your mother. But it's been my experience that people who deadpan a request to pee in your mouth during sex generally aren't joking. But again, I'm going to let you make that call. And yeah, definitely, if one of your friends should ever have this problem, refer them to me. And we're going to leave it there because my head is about to roll off my shoulders. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. Please call us and uh, ask me anything. Leave your number in case we need to call you back and uh, try to keep your question under a minute or two. We promise not to put your phone number on the air. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com, including the savage love question of the day. And uh, me and the tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week. Hopefully, we'll just hopefully be back. Hopefully with what? I don't know. Hopefully, uh, this cold isn't going to kill me and we'll be back next week. In the meantime, 206-201-2720. Talk to you soon.